Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Do you see what I see? I see a church that for 16 years has loved South Atlanta one relationship at a time. A church that in the past year alone has seen more salvations and baptisms than any other year in its history. I see a church that is committed to making a lasting impact in Coweta and Troop County. A church that has deep relationships in schools and in the community. A church that has trusted God and has followed Him at all cost. But I see more. Do you see what I see? I see a church that is willing to do whatever it takes to share the love of Jesus. A church that is ready for what God has next. I see a church that has established itself in Troop County and is ready for a permanent location. A church that wants to expand throughout South Atlanta. A church that gives out of the overflow of their heart. A church that is the future of the next generation. I see a church that is being the church. I see Southcrest. God has given our church an incredible opportunity to impact His kingdom. Over the next 100 days, we are asking you to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign as we move forward with all that God has planned for our church. We're in week three of our series called The Grace Card, and uh, I just thank you for being here on the beginning of winter break. I know both of our campuses are experiencing a little bit of a winter break, even though it's going to be 72 today. It's awkward, okay? But uh, I'm glad that you're here. This series is kind of building on each other, so I kind of want to take you back just a little bit and remind you about some of the important things that we've talked about. The first one is this, is that grace is God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. It's unmerited. We can't merit it. We can't work for it. It's undeserved. We don't deserve it, but he gives it to us. And then it's unearned. Like we can't do anything to earn it. And that's just such an amazing concept. And we talked about how grace has the power to replace, right? My watch, it's brand new, right? And I'm brand new, right? April 5th, 1987, Jesus changed me and I am still brand new. I am new in Jesus because of grace, because grace has the power to replace. And, and then last week we talked about the shame game, right? And for some of us, it was like a whole new idea that even though I've given my life to Jesus, you've continued to operate in the cycle of shame and and how grace frees us from playing the shame game. Why? Because we now have the righteousness of Christ in us. It's no longer about our right performance. It's about our position. And through Christ, we have this amazing position of righteousness. And so we start operating that way. And here's what that means. It means that I stop speaking to what's dead in me, my sin, my old nature. And I begin to operate by what's alive in me, Jesus. Jesus is alive in me. So this idea over the last couple of weeks, it's hard to believe just in two weeks, we've talked about those things. And I just want to say to you guys, you guys are amazingly quick at picking this stuff up because I've been hearing from some of you, I've been listening to some of you talk and, and God's beginning to change you. For the first time you realize it's not about trying to be a good Christian, that if Jesus is in you, you've got all of the grace of God to operate the way that he wants you to operate. So 
tweeted this out last night. Don't know how many of you saw it. I ask everyone to bring a photo ID today. If you have your photo ID, pull it out, okay? If you didn't see my text, that's okay. Everyone just pull out a photo ID. Like pull out your library card. Everyone will think you're nerdy, okay? Pull out your card. Everyone pull out your ID. Some form of ID, okay? You say, wow, I went to a church where they checked my ID. Yep, that's right. Uh, We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about our grace identity. So I want to talk about my ID real quick, okay? Here, this is really cool. Because I have this ID that is my identity, there's a lot of things that I have access to. And not only access to, I have authority and power because I have an identity. Like for instance, I can actually get behind the wheel of a car and drive as crazy as you guys do on Atlanta streets, right? I can go somewhere and, you know, if you're under 21, your ID looks like this. But if you're above 21, your ID looks like this, okay? I mean, I have a lot of stuff because of my identity. It's crazy. I have a photo of myself with a peach above it, which is really cool. I have my own number that nobody else has. It has my name. It even has my middle name, like my mom would have said it to me, right? And uh, an address. I have a place that I live. It says right there. That's part of my identity. It has my, my height. I don't weigh that much. Just kidding. Uh, my, even it has my eye color. But here's the deal. Because I have an identity, I have an ability. Because I have an identity, I have access. Because I have an identity, I have authority. Do you realize that grace does the same thing in our life? You see, I don't know about you. I I like playing cards. Anyone else out here like playing cards? Any people love playing cards? Okay. I'm a perpetual spades player. I love playing spades, especially on long bus trips. Uh, As a former student pastor, I could shark some students out of some spades money. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, anyway, you play spades and you lay out all your cards and all of a sudden people start laying down cards. And as they're laying down cards, all of a sudden there's one card that changes the whole direction of the game. When I lay down this spade card, the play of the game becomes totally different. And let me say this, what was played before no longer matters. Because the power of this card has identity. See, it's kind of like Uno. Any of you guys like Uno? I love Uno. Uno is a great game. If, if you're a parent, you're going to play this for a thousand years with your children. But, uh, but, but there's always that person, you know, you start playing the card, playing the card, playing the card, and then you get to that one card, and you lay it down, and you're like, hmm, get you some of that. That's what grace does. When we begin to operate and play the grace card in our life, the way God says what we have ability to play it, we start operating differently. We start operating differently. Let me say it to you this way. My grace ID has the power to change everything. Everybody say everything. Everything in my past, present, and future. It doesn't matter what card was played before. It probably will change forever what card is played after. Why? Because that grace card changes everything. So this grace identity that I have gives me access. It gives me ability. It gives me authority to operate the way that God intended for me to operate. We're going to talk about that more today. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2, Paul is writing a letter to the church at Galatia. 
Galatia would be what we know as Northern Turkey. He wrote this book for a very specific purpose. They were first generation Gentile believers who were getting infiltrated by a lot of people known as the Judaizers who were wanting them to go back and live according to the old way, the old way of the law. They basically walked in and said, hey, if, if you're living by this thing called grace, by believing in Jesus Christ, um, you still got to be circumcised. So imagine how confusing they were because they thought, wait a minute, I have an identity. I have a grace identity. Why do I have to go back and live according to all of these old laws? And, and I like Paul because Paul probably just got sick of it. And so he wrote a letter to the church and he explained to them how important this message of grace was. Look what he says in Galatians 1, 6 and 7. He said, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. I mean, Paul just kind of starts the book and says, hey, you can't ride both sides of the fence. You can't go back and think that by living to the law, it's going to add to your grace. Because the truth is you never could keep the law. And he goes through this whole thing. And, and what he's really trying to get us to understand is this. The same grace that saved us has the power to help us live. It's not just saving grace. It's living grace. But here's what happened. As Paul began to preach this to the Galatian church, not everybody was excited. In fact, he explains in the, the book that many people began to oppose him because suddenly Paul was coming in and preaching this radical freedom in Christ that was by grace. Have you ever noticed how much freedom is threatening to a person who's still in prison? How many of you guys got any love letters this week from somebody in prison saying, hey, I'm so glad you're free? <laughs> you didn't, right? Because the greatest threat to somebody who's in captivity is somebody who's been set free. That's why I love it when we start operating this way in grace because we get this burden for other people. Why? Because when you've been set free, what do you care most about? Seeing other people set free. I mean, it's like being an American, right? You get on a plane, you go to another company or another company, another country, and, and you go to another country and you celebrate the fact that I am an American and I have freedom maybe you don't have. So Paul, he's sharing this freedom and he realizes it's a threat. And here's why Paul was so anxious. The church in Galatia was deserting grace. They said, hey, it's enough to save me, but I can't really operate this way. This isn't, this isn't reality. But they were not only deserting grace, they were perverting grace. They were turning it into something it really wasn't. They basically say, hey, because now we're saved by grace, we can just do whatever we want. And we all know that doesn't always work, Right? But then the third thing is they were reverting back, trying to live by their old ID. You see, I moved here from Arkansas six years ago. It would be foolish for me if someone pulled me over to say, hey, let me see your ID. And I pulled out my old Arkansas driver's license. That's my old identity. This is my new identity. Paul said, hey, you're going back and you're reverting back. So in chapter two, Paul lets you and I know about a conversation he's having with the Galatian church. And he tells him a story and he basically says this, me, Barnabas, Titus, who was a Gentile, we went back to Jerusalem because people were infiltrating the church in Jerusalem and calling us liars because of the freedom that we have because of the grace we have. 
He basically says this, there were unbelievers in the church and they were beginning to stir up trouble for Paul and the followers of Christ because of grace that brought freedom. Paul knows this and he goes a little bit further because in verses 11 through 14, he calls out someone that you and I know very well. His name's Peter, except he doesn't refer to him as Peter, which is really weird because we all know that Peter's name is Peter. The only problem is before Peter was Peter, his name was Cephas, which I think is really telling because God didn't waste a moment and neither did Paul. He called him by what? His old identity. Why was he calling Peter out? Here's why he was calling Peter out. Peter had showed up on the scene and Peter who had been with Jesus had seen Jesus die on a cross, saw him after the resurrection. Here's what he was doing. He was playing both sides of the fence. He was telling these Gentiles, hey, maybe you should be circumcised. Hey, maybe you should eat ceremonial food that's clean. Hey, maybe you should do all these things. And what Peter was doing and he was operating out of fear instead of out of faith. But you know Paul. He shows up on the scene and he gives us in three verses what it really means for you and I to operate in our true grace identity. See, I find it telling. When Peter acted this way and reverted back to the old way of trying to live by the law, notice how he treated other people. When we don't live in grace, we pull the freedom for other people to live in grace. Paul calls it out. And what Paul said about our grace identity in these three verses has the power to change us. Look what it says in verse 19. Galatians 2, verse 19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. You say, well, that sounds very simple. See, we've got to understand what the law meant. To a Jew... It meant one thing. They knew that it was their entire identity was trying to live up to the law. But here's what Paul said. I can't go back and live according to the law. He says, for through the law, I died to the law. In other words, I had to stop just looking at how I behaved according to what I wasn't anymore. Because now I'm alive to God. And I think this is telling because here's what this means for you and I if we're ever going to learn to operate with the grace card. Here's what it means. I must speak to my identity, not what is dead in me. Think about that. How many times in our life do we focus only on our behavior and not who our true identity is in Jesus Christ? In fact, that's why some of us, we come to church because it's part of our behavior modification. If I go to church, I'll feel convicted and I'll live right for three days. And if you're really good, you'll make it four, right? God wanted more for us than that. Because through grace, we begin speaking to my identity, who I am in Jesus. I have a new identity. I'm not living according to the law. And the law only measured up what was dead in me. And here's what he was saying. We got to move from behavior modification to a grace transformation. How many times in your life do you catch yourself feeling guilty because all you do is sit around and try to behave? I thought about this. This is kind of weird, but imagine you're at a funeral and they say, hey, it's time to come and say your goodbyes to the person. So they open the casket. And as you're walking in front of the casket, you say these words to the person who's in there dead. You say these words. 
hey, you behave. Don't you dare act that way wherever you are. <laughs> Most of us would look at that person and say, you're a fool. You're talking to a dead person. Awkward. That's what Paul's trying to say to us. According to Romans 6, we died and we now are alive in Christ. So why do we spend our lives trying to speak to what's dead in us when we ought to be speaking to what's true about us? And that is we are alive by the Spirit of God because of Jesus Christ. We got a new identity. <laughs> How many of you have ever been through this cycle before? I don't feel accepted by others. I feel rejected. So I behave and I believe I am unworthy based on other people's opinions, and I blame others for my feelings. Well, I feel this way because she did this to me. I feel this way because he did this to me. See, you're speaking to your behavior. But let's go back to your identity. Truth is, if you're in Jesus Christ, I am jealously loved by God regardless of my feelings or others' opinions. <laughs> Why would I even speak? To what's dead in me. Jesus is alive in me. You see, guilt speaks to what is dead in me. Sin. That's why we feel guilty. But grace will always speak to what is alive in me. Jesus. You say, does that mean you don't ever sin anymore? No, I still sin. I commit things all the time. I do junk all the time. I'm like, why did I do that? And then the first thought I have is, that's not who I am. Because Jesus says, I'm this. And so instead of sitting around moping about feeling rejected or feeling like I'm guilty and I go to the Father and I confess my sin and I agree with God about what he says and then I not only live in the forgiveness of it, but I live in what's alive in me, Jesus. Remember what I said, the moment the card is played, every other card below it has to change. The grace card changes the play of the game. I think Jesus probably had this moment because remember how many people Jesus touched while he was on earth. One of them was a guy we knew. His name was Lazarus. John chapter 11 tells us his story. He had died and his sister came to them and said, Jesus, if you wouldn't have been here, he wouldn't have died. But Jesus let him die anyway. Why? Because Jesus wanted to prove to the world who he was. So he goes to Lazarus' house, and we know that he speaks to him, and Lazarus comes back to life. And what is the first thing that Jesus tells the other people to do when Lazarus comes alive? Take off your grave clothes. Now, how crazy would it have been if Lazarus would have spent the next 10 years of his life walking around in a bunch of dead, dead man's clothes? But he didn't. Jesus looked at him and he said, hey, take off your grave clothes. That's what's dead. Put on your grace clothes. That's your new identity. You see, we must take off our grave clothes, the idea that we're all about behaving, and put on our grace clothes. We have a new identity. Because even when I screw it up, and I will, and you will, what changes us more is the favor and the love of God, not the behavior of self. I see some of you shaking your head. You got, you're, you got it. You're so right. You're so right. Listen, our behavior is who we were. 
dead in the law, our bad behavior. Let me put it that way. Our identity is who we are alive in the spirit because my grace identity changes my ability. It changes my ability. So that's what he says in verse 19. So look what he says in verse 20, because he unpacks this a little bit more. And we know this verse, many of you have heard it most of your life. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me and the life I now live. Everyone say live. Live. It's winter break. Live. Thank you. Shout it. Come on. Live. There you go. There you go. All right. I now live in the body. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We've quoted that verse, but here's the struggle. Many times, let's be real honest. We've only focused on that part. I've been crucified. We stop there. I've been crucified with Christ. (laughs) But Paul says, no, 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 no. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You see what he's saying? Here's what he's saying. We tend to focus on the dying piece and what we have to do to live. But Paul focused on what made him alive, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. See, God doesn't want to improve us. He wants to remove us so that Christ can live through us. That's a total transformation when you see the grace card that way. You know why I think Paul said this? Because he knows something that's true in the human nature of every one of us. I will become what I focus on. If I spend my life focusing on my bad behavior, I will become my bad behavior. If you don't believe it, when you go home, tell your child not to do something. Just tell them. Don't, hey, freak them out. Don't you dare go clean your room. They're gonna go clean your room. Why? Why? because they just want to spite you. Don't you dare pick up after your sister's mess. Why? Because every time we call out bad behavior, we become like it. But you know what's true about us too? We will become what we focus on. If I focus on my new identity, guess what I become like? My new identity, because it's true about me. It's true. You say, oh, if you do that, you're going to open up this whole new thing of people just... No, 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 no. Here's why. Because your new identity won't let you. Someone comes at me, listen, you cut me off on I-85 and I want to kill you. I want to come snip your Achilles tendon. Watch it go... My identity is what says, you know what? You need to love that person. You need to pray for them. How did Jesus ever operate in that? Because he already had the grace of God. He was operating in grace, yet he was fully man. That's why Jesus is the most normal Christian we should ever find. We're going to be like him when we start operating in this type of grace. So what am I supposed to do? Verse 21, Paul tells us, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Here's what he was saying. Hey, church at Galatia, don't try to play this game where you consistently say, well, grace applies here, but it doesn't apply here. That goes back into self-justification 
and it will eventually take you back to self-righteousness. And God doesn't want any part of that for our life. So the idea is this. When I know that that's true, I don't set aside the grace of God. I don't set it aside. Here's what you and I have to do. It's time to play the card. Let me give you an example. So here's us, and we're going to say, okay, this is a bad relationship I was in. This is the fact that I I knew I shouldn't have done that. Man, there was that one night. Did a lot of bad things that one night. And then suddenly, um, oh, there's Easter. So that's a good card. I went to Easter. And then we, we play. And so we're playing. This is our behaviors. And, and, and all of a sudden we go, I've got to manage all of that. The only problem is God's already given us a card that's way much better than all of these cards. And he says, you need to start playing the grace card not to excuse your bad behavior, but to get you back to your true identity. You see, this card will always change the play of the game. You say, but my past, my past. No, 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 that's, that's when it all changed. The day you and I experienced true grace. You say, well, I've been a believer for 10 years and I've never figured that out. Listen, today's a new day for you. Here's why. Because God says this is your new grace identity. And this identity gives you access and ability and authority to operate and become everything Jesus desired for you and I to ever become. It's time to play the grace card. See, it's kind of like this. When I see myself going back into that cycle of guilt... I start looking at my behavior and saying, that doesn't match up with who I know I am in Jesus. I start living this performance-based Christianity like, okay, I've had five really good days, but on the fifth day, woo, I just fell off the wagon. You ever had one of those days as a Christian? Perfection-oriented. I got to do it all right all the time or God won't love me. Blame or shame. It's time to play the card. This is my new identity. And here's what happens when I realize who I am and I come into agreement with the power of grace. This is who I am. This doesn't define me anymore. This is who I am. Because of Jesus, this is who I am. When I realize it and I come into agreement, that's when I experience the power of grace. Man, next week when we close this series, we're going to talk about how that power causes us to overcome the world, and it's going to be awesome. But I I just want to give you, if that's true, that this is who I am when I come into agreement and I experience power and grace, then here's what is true about me. I am no longer a person of guilt. I'm a person of grace. I'm no longer a child of fear. I'm a child of faith. I'm no longer unrighteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21. I'm free in Christ. I'm not a slave. I'm a son. I have an inheritance, right? That's my identity. I have a brand new person in Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Not repaired, not refurbished, new. I'm spiritually blessed, according to Ephesians 1.3. 
I'm not alone. In fact, I want to say this. I have never been alone. Some of you struggle with loneliness and it has literally wrecked your life. Like if I just had somebody, I would be complete. And I want to tell you today, you are not alone because if you're in Jesus, it says in Hebrews 13, five, he will never leave you nor forsake you. You can't get away from him. You just, yeah, come on. We should celebrate that. Listen, this one blows my mind. I am a part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 1 Peter 2.9. That's who I am. Not what I did, not what happened to me, not what I might be someday. The scriptures are true. Because of grace, I operate from a new identity. And that grace identity is the grace card that has to be played every day. Second Peter 3.18, he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when I start playing that grace card over my behavior, grace tells me who I am. It speaks to my identity, not what was dead in me. Because here's why it's so important. My grace identity sets me free. See, some of us still have this idea of, man, I got I to become good at grace. How do you become good at grace? You're going back to the performance. My grace identity sets me free. Look at what Paul says at the end of Galatians to the Galatian Christians in Galatians 5 verse 1. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why did God want us to know all this about the grace card? Because he wants us to be free. He wants our identity to have the power to set us free. He doesn't want us to live as a slave. He wants us to live as a son. He doesn't want us to live burdened by the guilt and shame of our past. Because once this card begins to be played over our life, I don't speak to what's dead in me. I speak to what's alive in me, Jesus. And it sets me free. He says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. But here's the challenge today. Some of us in this room have been living with a fake ID. I I dare to ask this question. How many of you guys ever had a fake ID? (laughs) That's right. I know this one's fake because it says I'm 47. I'm barely 22. You know what a fake ID is? It's something that gives you access, but it has no authority. Oh, it'll give you access to try to behave. It'll give you access to come to church. It'll give you access to sing songs. It'll even give you access to be baptized. It'll give you access to go to VBS your whole life. It'll give you access you can even give to the church. But until the identity is new, it's just a fake ID. You see, we live in an American culture. We've heard the gospel so many times, we've anesthetized ourselves to it. And what we don't realize is the day we get saved, we need to preach the gospel back to ourselves every day. Because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I want to say to you today, some of you in this room, God wants to give you a new identity. He wants to replace your fake ID and he wants to give you a grace identity that has the power to not only save you, but change you, to deliver you, to set you free because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free.
Let's bow our heads together today. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you have made a decision for Christ or have any prayer request, please email us at hello at southcrest.tv. If you would like to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign, please check out our website at southcrest.church forward slash do you see.